Well, hey, good morning, everybody. My name is Nathan Harris. I am the lead pastor here at Celebration Center. For your, our regulars, welcome. Thanks for being here. If you're a guest, thank you so much for joining us and, and making us part of your Sunday morning. We're really glad you're here. Um, this morning, we are concluding a three-part series uh, called Three Questions of Jesus. And in each of these messages, we've looked at a question that Jesus has asked his disciples, actually, he, he's, he's asking his disciples some very important questions. And it's important for us to understand that when Jesus asks questions, it's because he's trying to teach something. If you've got any experience with kids, maybe you're a parent, maybe you're a teacher, maybe you just love kids and you've been around kids a lot and, and, and you've been involved in teaching them or helping them, you know that the best way to help them to learn is not by supplying answers for them, but to help them discover whatever it is you want them to learn. So you ask them questions. Hey, what color is this? Or how many Legos do you have? And, and so the, you do things along those lines so that the kids are able to discover for themselves. Because let's face it, when we're supplied with all of the answers, we don't think through things very well, do we? We just go with what what has been told to us. And, and so we don't really get a deep understanding of, of what it is that we're trying to learn. And the application becomes a little bit harder for us. So Jesus asks questions. He does the same thing with his disciples and with the crowds that we do with our kids. Everywhere he goes, he doesn't simply supply answers. He asks very pointed questions intended to lead his hearers into learning something that ultimately will change their lives. Now, in the first week, we looked at the question, do you love me? And, and that question was very personal, and it was aimed at restoring people, specifically Peter, who had wandered away, who was feeling bad about denying Jesus. And Jesus, through this question, do you love me, is restoring Peter. He's bringing him back in so that he can launch him back out into the mission that Jesus has in mind. Jesus asks us that question from time to time when we mess up. Do you love me? So that we can learn that he's for us and that he's got something more for us to do. The last week we looked at the question, what do you want me to do for you? Which was all about leading us into understanding who Jesus is so that we can live following him in everything. So if you missed either of those two messages, I encourage you go to our website, ccpuallup.com. You can scroll to the bottom of the page and click on the sermon podcast link and get caught up there. Or you can go to our YouTube channel, uh, Celebration Center Puyallup, and you can actually watch those messages right there on that channel. This week, like I said, we're wrapping up the series and we're going to look at the question, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? I don't know about you, but there's, for me, there's plenty for, for me to be afraid of right now. I think this question is not only very personal to each of us in different ways, but it's also very timely for us in the current situation that we find ourselves in. Jesus asks us, why are you so afraid? And we're going to look at the story that Jesus asks this question in, which is found in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. It's a very short passage, but it's packed with a number of things we need to understand. So I want to read the, the passage, and then, and then we're going to talk about it. 
If you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 4. We're going to pick up in verse 35. I'm reading out of the NIV. It says this, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. Verse 37, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He, Jesus, got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Verse 41, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, as I said already, this is a very short story, but it's key for us on a personal level, on a, also on a community level, as Christ followers, but it's, it's also very timely for us in our situation as we encounter Jesus within this story. Now, the main point of this particular story within the gospel of Mark, within, within the overall context of Mark's gospel, is to demonstrate that as God's Messiah, as God's chosen a representative, this, this kingly figure, Jesus has authority over cosmic forces. There's nothing outside of his authority. And, and the response Jesus is looking for from us in all situations, in, in the heavy things, in the light things, in the happy things, in the sad things, and everything in between, the response Jesus is looking for from us is faith. So here's our big idea this morning. Jesus wants us to live in faith rather than fear. Jesus wants us to live looking toward him in faith rather than being uh, paralyzed by our fear. And we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but Jesus here is not, I just, I need to clear, clarify this. Jesus is not talking about not feeling fear. He's talking about choosing to live a particular way. So if we're going to do this, if we're going to live in faith rather than fear the way Jesus wants us to, there's a few things that we need to understand. And here's the first one. Number one, squalls happen. Trouble comes. Problems sprout up. No one is immune, is immune excuse me, from trouble. Life happens. Sometimes that takes the form of circumstances born out of a world that is separated from God. There's sin. There's, there's separation from God within our world. So everything currently is not as it should be. And so bad things happen. Trouble happens. But sometimes there's a more sinister element involved. What we as Christ followers call the devil we have an actual enemy who wants to destroy us. The Bible tells us that, that he, he prowls around like a roaring lion, lion seeking for those that he can devour. So there is that, that uh, sinister element involved. 
squalls happen, trouble comes. In the story we just read, Jesus and the disciples get into the boat and cross to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Verse 37 says, A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. You see, the Sea of Galilee was known for, or is known, I should say, for the tremendous storms that will appear seemingly out of nowhere. They're they're just sudden. They come up due to the shape of the land around the Sea of Galilee, and the way the wind swirls Around the lake, the water can become very dangerous very quickly. As a matter of fact, I read one commentator, he, he mentioned how there are a number of signs. If you go to the Sea of Galilee and you park a vehicle there, there are signs at the, at the parking spaces that, that warn you that, that your car can get swamped due to the waves. Now, I don't know how close these, these parking spaces are to the water, but, but that's, pretty, that, that's a tremendous storm to be able to swamp a car Suddenly. Now, I've never personally been to the Sea of Galilee and experienced a storm there, but I remember a time I went hiking on a butte. It was winter. Uh, it was it was cold, and my friend and I we we started hiking up this this hill just right outside our town, and we went to just thought it would be fun that day, and it started snowing on us. And I got scared because the it didn't just start snowing. It was like clouds came in, and it, we were just socked in. And we were afraid to go back down because it was so foggy and cloudy and, and slippery, and the hill was steep enough that we were afraid that we might slip. So we knew there was a road further up the hill. I had never been up there though. I had never experienced that before. So I had some fear. Oh man, are we gonna are we gonna find the right one? Are we gonna be lost all night in this snow and, and all of that? So I was afraid. Now here's the thing about storms that we need to understand. They can be unpredictable. We are currently in a situation no one in living memory has lived through. And the only way forward is like my friend and I trying to get off of that butte is just to take the next step forward, to go in the right direction. Though there are things we can do to prepare for trouble, it has become very evident that we cannot control all outcomes. You guys, a microscopic organism is currently teaching us this lesson. It's bringing that understanding home to us. Something we need to understand is that we don't have the power to order most of our circumstances. But we can decide what we are going to do in those circumstances. My friend and I could have tried to run away from that storm up on the hill, but had we not moved forward and gone into it, we would have been stuck in it even longer. We, you guys, we cannot escape a storm. We cannot escape trouble by running away from it. We have to head into it. That is the quickest, the shortest way to get through it. We need to understand and live with the reality that squalls happen, trouble comes, and that we need to decide what we're gonna do in the middle of those things. So that's the first thing. We need to understand that trouble happens, but here's the, number, the second thing that we need to understand. Jesus is Lord over all of it. 
Jesus is Lord over all of the chaos, all of the mess, all of the trouble, all of the good stuff. He's Lord over all. Just because we have no control over most circumstances doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't. I'm going to look back again at verses 37 through 39. It says this, A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Verse 38, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. You know, aside from there being some fishermen, the Jews were not a really big seafaring people. Or seafaring people, I should say. They typically left that job, the job of being sailors, to other people, to other nations. You see, in Jewish thought, the sea represented chaos and the realm of death. There were elements of the demonic uh, in it. That's what it represented to them. And, and this particular story in Math, or excuse me, in Mark, takes that thought and reminds us of God's creation. If we remember back to Genesis chapter one, where the spirit of God is hovering over the face of the deep, where God is bringing creation and order out of chaos. We're reminded of that in this. We're also reminded of a number of psalms in, in the book of Psalms, these prayers and songs that, that the Israelites would sing where God, we're told that God has absolute authority over all creation and all over all of the powers within creation. In more than one psalm, we see God telling the wind to be quiet. He, he, he calms the storms and, and the, the, the seas, the chaos. And Jesus demonstrates this very authority when he, at his word, the very wind and waves have to be still. You guys, Jesus is Lord over all creation. When we understand that Jesus is Lord over all creation and, and that we are not, fear doesn't have to have the final word in our lives it doesn't have to direct what decisions we make and how we live our lives out. It may not happen today. We may face a lot of hardship and difficulty, but Jesus, you guys, listen to this. Jesus has the last word. Jesus is going to make all things right just because we are experiencing the storm right now, maybe you're afraid of, of the virus. Maybe you're afraid of something else, of losing your job or, or something else. I don't know. But whatever it is, someday, some way, somehow, Jesus is going to make all things right. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know when that's going to happen. And I certainly am not going to try to tell you that difficult things are not going to happen between now and then. But I know that Jesus is good and that Jesus is Lord. We need to understand that Jesus is Lord over all. And because of that, we come to the third thing I want us to understand this morning. Jesus wants us to root our lives in him. 
He wants us to root our very being, what we, not just what we do, but our attitudes, our everything about us in him. Jesus is Lord over all. And we need to source our lives in him and live out of that reality. Think about when you drive down a freeway. There are guardrails on either side of the freeway that help to direct the flow of traffic. It keeps cars within the bounds of the freeway and, and them, unless something really wacky happens, uh, they're, they're all headed in the right direction. You guys, the guardrail we need to have in our lives that keeps us on track is faith. Not faith in a situation, not faith in an outcome, but faith in the one who is Lord over all. I want to go back to the story. Verses 39 and 40. He, Jesus, got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. Verse 40. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Verse 41 wraps up. The disciples are like, whoa, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Now, one translation of verse 40 says, why are you so cowardly? As I said earlier, Jesus is not rebuking the disciples because they felt fear. If you hear that this morning, that is the wrong message. That is not coming from me. That is not coming from Jesus. Jesus is not telling us to not feel Fear. Everyone feels fear from time to time. The night Jesus was arrested, he felt fear. Jesus doesn't expect us to not feel fear. He wants us to have our lives rooted in him so that that fear doesn't control us. But rather, we are rooted. We are grounded. We we grab our life from him. Jesus' question to the disciples, do you still have no faith? It's a question aimed at having them look at him very closely. Jesus wants them to have their vision fixed on him. Jesus wants us to have our vision fixed on him. So let me ask you this. What is the center of your vision? Are you rooted in Jesus as the Lord over all or are you relying on your own abilities or are you relying on the hope that maybe some way, somehow, circumstances are just simply going to work out and fall into place the way you want them to? What is the focus of your vision? Because that's at the very heart of this question. Why are you so afraid Jesus says, I am here. I am with you. I am Lord over all. Won't you please put your vision, your your focus on me and grab your life from me. Know that I am with you. I'm gonna make all things right. You guys, it's, it's not easy living this way. It's not. 
And there are some things that we need to put into practice in order to do that. And I think, um, I love this passage. This is uh, from Paul, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 5. It's verses 15 through 20. Paul talks about this kind of thing. And I think it's very important for our time right now. It says this, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. In other words, hear what God has to say and, and put it into action. Verse 16, Making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. He says, bad stuff is happening all around us, whether that's just circumstances due to a world that is separated from God or because the devil is actually at work doing things and, or everything in between even. The days are evil, he says. So make the most of every opportunity. Pay attention, be purposeful in your life here and now. Verse 17 Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Know what it is God wants, he says. How do we do that? Verses 18 through 20. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. How do we do that? Verse 19. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Verse 20, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, in other words, be focused on Jesus and influenced by the Spirit through these actions, through these practices. What, what actions and practices? Through worship, through prayer, through community together by living a life of thankfulness to God rather than living in fear we are called to organize our lives in and around Jesus, the Messiah. When we do these things, you guys, we are living in faith rather than fear. Not, again, not that we don't feel fear, but that we are purposefully stepping forward into Jesus, living our lives in light of him, even when we can't see or understand what is happening around us. We are actively tying ourselves to the one who has authority over all things and is making all things new. Jesus asks, why are you so afraid? We need to ask ourselves that question. Where am I afraid? What aspects of my life am I afraid in right here, right now? And we need to give those to God. As a matter of fact, we're going to do a little exercise here. I'm going to sing a song. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to sing a song. I'm going to play my guitar. I'm going to sing a song. It's one that maybe you've heard. Maybe you know. It's, it's um, not a, a new song. If you know it, I'd encourage you to sing along with me. There's going to be a point where you're going to get to do that. Um, but this is an opportunity, I think, for us to begin to put some of what we just read in Ephesians chapter five into practice, singing these songs to one another. Maybe it's with the, the person in, that you're sitting next to watching this message. Maybe, maybe it's over the phone. Maybe it's, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where, I don't know how. Maybe it's just the fact that you know that we're joined together doing this. We're gonna do this song. 
It's called It Is Well. If you need to just listen to it, do that. But I want to invite you. Give your fear to Jesus this morning.
Father, thank you so much that our wellness does not depend on our ability or anything else. It depends only on you. It depends on Jesus Christ and him alone. God, take our fears, take our worry, take our everything that, that holds us back from living the life that you've called us to. We lay those things at your feet. We ask you to enter into them to bring us your goodness, your confidence that it's built in you or on you and, and in you and through you and, and all of that rather than on ourselves or on our circumstances. Jesus, for those who are experiencing harsh storms right now in their minds, in their finances, in their health, calm those storms, we ask. 
Maybe you haven't begun your life as a Christ follower, but you want to. You want this Jesus who is Lord over all to be Lord over you and Lord in you and through you. So just make this prayer yours. Jesus, here I am. I give you my life. I give you everything about me. Take me, I am yours. Jesus, for anyone who made that prayer theirs, I ask that you would meet them right now in their circumstances, in their situations. Let them know that you are the Lord who is over all and who is for them. God, help us this week to live in faith, especially in those moments when the fear crops up, to choose faith, to choose looking to you and to root our lives in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, you guys, thank you again for joining us, for being with us. Um, Be sure and join us next week. It's Easter. We are celebrating. Even though we can't be in the same room together, we're going to celebrate Easter together, and it's going to be good. You guys go this week knowing that you don't have to live your life rooted out of fear, but you can live it in faith. Thanks for being here. Let the grace of God and the peace of Jesus Christ fill you this week, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys.